Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Shall we pray? Our precious Lord, we thank you once again this morning. You're such a gracious and a wonderful father. The world is life and spirit, you said, John 6, 6 and 3. And now we've come to receive life. Beyond the Holy Spirit, as the world is interpreted to us, that will change our situation, change our circumstances, that we be conformed more to your image and likeness. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Last week I started a series with us and uh, I still want to build on that today and give you a catalog of people that I want to use to illustrate this particular subject. I started a series on honor in self-development. How many of you remember that? And this is part two, honor in self-development. I'm trying to make you see how important it is that you develop yourself. No matter what you're doing, no matter who you are, develop yourself. And sometimes you may think, well, I don't have any trade. There are areas by which you can still develop yourself and become very useful. Amen? I'm going to make you see that. It's not just about what you learn. It's not just about spiritual development, capacity development in the spirit. They are all vital to your human existence, even on the face of the earth. You need all of that as out of the practical things you do. You need spiritual development. You need, I mean, just mental development. Your capacity to reason better than the way you are. And most of those things you do through reading and listening to messages, you develop in yourself. Praise God. Okay, our main text is Proverbs 22, 29. We can't seem to get out of this verse. This is supposed to be more or less second message we're sharing on this verse. Proverbs 20 to 29, Amplified Translation. And it says, the book of Amplified, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. That means there are people who stand before obscure men. Hallelujah. When you stand before obscure people, you stand them before, I mean, it means you are irrelevant in your life, as it were. You lose honor. You are out of the place of honor when you stand before mere men, obscure people. So we're talking of being skillful. We're talking of being diligent. We're talking of developing yourself so that you can be able to approach kings and dignitaries to speak to and to talk to. Amen? Hallelujah. One of the key things that enables you to get to the place of complete skill development is zeal. Uh, let me show you that to you. Galatians 1 verse 14. Galatians 1 14. Okay, you can, no, just King James is fine. Paul was speaking about his own credentials. Okay, take it from verse 13. Verse 13. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jewish religion. Watch this. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and we said it. Verse 14. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals. This is the point. In my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. Now, I want you to catch this. Two things drove Paul, if you wish. He was exceedingly zealous and he profited above other people. Remember, they were all practicing the same faith, but he became more profitable, in quote, in the faith. Why? Because he was more zealous than every other person. When it comes to the tradition of the fathers, 
by way of what they were believing into, he was a zealous man. You can't take his mind away from the faith. You can't take his mind away no matter what. Remember, this man was a lawyer by trade. And he brought all of that into the belief of the Jewish culture. The key thing that was driving Paul was being zealous for what the fathers laid down. So most often the question is, how zealous are you in what you believe in, even in what you're doing? The level of commitment you put into whatever practice, whatever trade, whatever business you're doing, will end up being profitable. There is profit for your zeal for what you believe in and what you practice in. Praise the living God. So Paul was, he said, I was zealous exceedingly above all other people when it comes to the tradition of the fathers. You can't match Paul with anybody. Are you surprised when the Lord picked him to come into the faith? The same zeal was driving him. To thought of the New Testament was written by him. It's in prison, it's in writing. That same zeal he had for the Jewish religion was what he brought into the Christian faith. So are you surprised God was speaking certain things to him that other people never had? I, yesterday I had a conversation with somebody who was saying, but Apostle Paul was not even a disciple of Jesus. Some of the things he wrote, they are not correct. I just laughed. You forgot the Lord said, he was speaking to the children, I mean, to the apostles in John 16, and talking about the Holy Spirit, that when the Spirit comes, we speak to you things and bring to remembrance which the things I have not even spoken to you about. Hallelujah. Here was a man that had a personal encounter with Jesus in the terms of the spiritual ascension, not in the terms of being a traditional person. How many of you understand that most of the disciples, like I asked him the question, you show me of the 12 disciples, how many people wrote books in the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke was not even a disciple of Jesus. In quote. How many of them wrote? People like Bartholomew, people like Thomas, I mean, where are their books? But here is somebody who has the rising, who encountered the resurrected Christ, not the traditional, not the man that walked on the shore of Galilee. This is the man that came in after ascension and he was walking in a spiritual dimension with the same zeal he had when he was a Jewish man, in terms of being a Pharisee. Praise the living God. Zeal for what you believe in is self development. It drives you to go deeper and deeper and deeper every day in what you've come to believe. Praise the living God. So, where is your zeal for what you believe in? Where is your zeal for what you're doing? Where is your zeal? Think about that. For self-development. How many books are you reading concerning your business? How many books are you reading concerning, you know, the state that you find yourself? How many books are you reading? Self-development. Even as a housewife, you want to truly be a truly reverent, responsible housewife like we're talking about this morning. How many books have you covered on being a good housewife? Or you think you don't have materials like that? What about being a good husband? If it is in your mind to say, I really want to exhibit the true life of a good husband. There are materials you must go through. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Okay. That's about Paul. Now let me talk to you about David now. Like I said, I want to use a catalog of people to illustrate to you this verse. 1 Samuel 16, verse 16. You can take it from any translation you want. 1 Samuel 16, verse 16. Hallelujah. And he said, Let our Lord now command thy servant which are before thee to seek out a man. Remember, this is King Saul. He got, I don't know what to call it, whether a mental problem, but getting schizophrenic. And uh, the Bible made us understand the spirit of madness was upon his life. 
He was one of the prophets that prophet naked. Never in history has anybody prophet naked like him. What a wonderful man. Amen. <laughs> so here we go. And the Bible says, the servant now said, oh, come on. Um, let us seek for a man who is cunning. Now, I would like us to take it from a different translation here. This verse 16. Um, take a different translation. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play suited music and he will soon be well again. That means music can make people well, eh? Hallelujah. Now, this has to be spiritual music as well. Not crazy music that want to make you to go and take a drop, I mean a dupe. Amen? There are some music that takes you up. That means there's a lot of power in music. You need to understand that. So the kind of lyrics you listen to matters a lot in life. Praise the living God. So taking the drugs, others will keep your spirit, especially when this music is spiritual. And the early time, people do a lot of meditations. And when they are doing meditation, they are music they play, symphonies that carry them into the spirit. You understand that? Music is very important. I'm not a very good consumer of music myself. I select the music I listen to as well. All right. So here I said, let's look for this kind of a person. Amen? That will play. Okay. The next verse, verse 17. And so I said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. And verse 18. They answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty brilliant man, I mean valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and comely person, and the Lord is with him. Hallelujah. I have seen. Now, verse 19 says, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. Now I want you to look at that. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread, and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul, verse 21, and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his hammer bearer. He stood before him. I want you to notice that. The question is, how did David get to be in the palace to stand before the king? Playing music. Hallelujah. The question is, who taught David music? No record, anyway. And where was he when he was found? He was with the sheep. He was diligent keeping the sheep. And guess what? While he keeps the sheep, he takes his harp and he plays music, enjoying himself and meditating. It is from the plane of music that he wrote all of those psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. All of those psalms were gotten while he was keeping the sheep. He was committed, zealous in keeping his father's sheep, but not just that, he had understanding of how to calm himself, spiritually speaking, and he learned, I believe he taught himself to play the harp. He was the best, best of all singers as far as Israel was concerned. They had the best voice, if you will, if I may use the word. In terms of composition, all of the hymns that were being used, most of them, look at the whole of Psalm. They were all written by who? By David. Now, how committed are you? Just because he was committed and zealous to what he knew how to do, what gave him joy, was the next thing. I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Somebody sees you. Somebody knows when you are zealous. Somebody knows when you are committed. Somebody knows when you are dedicated. And guess what? It is man that will always recommend you. We know who you are. We know what you can do and what you cannot do. That's why you can't live in isolation, no matter what happens. Anytime, anywhere, there is no way you think you're living in isolation. We know you. I was in Port Harcourt over the week. And I was sitting down at lunch before moving into the hotel where to check in. And there was somebody sitting by me and he said, I love you, sir. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? He said, I've been following you on Facebook for years. 
And the last series you did on the war 44,000 was so expository. But though I don't make comments, I don't even like. Look at my phone. He opened his phone, all my studies are right there on his phone. And I told him, he said, yes, I know you started another series on the last book of life. And the next person by him said, sir, can I get your page? I said, oh yeah, you can. So I opened up and then he sent me a friend request. I liked him. I mean, I, I just accepted his friend request. He became my friend. And he started reading. I'm talking of, in their own profession, two of them are doctors. Praise the living God. Now, your commitment is seen by men. That's what I'm trying to say. Your zeal is exposed to men. And when there is an opportunity for such recommendation, you'll be picked out. Are you listening to me? So, don't play. You see, you've got to develop yourself. You've got to develop yourself. Sometimes my wife tells me, you need to rest. I say yes. But somehow, I can't help myself. Because every day I do a post. And I have to study it out. And it takes me almost four or five hours to do one post. Because I'm not just putting out anything, any trash. In terms of Facebook being whatever, you know. No. The last one I was working on, somebody wrote to me and said, can this thing go into a booklet? I said, well, you know, think about that. That people were benefiting from it. Another one said, can you permit me to use it in my Bible college? I said, you are free to do so. My dedication is to see that in this job that I'm doing, light is brought forth, truth is brought forth, may see light better than I've seen it before. You've got to develop yourself. I have books that I cover other than the ones I'm writing. You've got to develop yourself in whatever field you find yourself. You're not going to stand before mere men. You're going to stand before great men. Hallelujah. And people know how committed are you. No, no matter what you're doing, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be well. Well, education, no, 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 no. no. Even in your practical job, be committed. Know exactly what you are doing and let it be the best. People will recommend you. Go to that brother. Go to that sister. He will solve this problem for you. Seven old men brings you to the place of problem solver. You solve problem for those who are in difficult times. Praise the living God. Are you see there? So I need to see the life of David. How that he developed his skill, musical skill. And when it was time to recommend somebody before the king, no other person was readily available. It was David. He was brought before the king. The Bible says he stood before King Saul. Praise the living God. Okay, let me show you another one. Genesis 41 verse 44. Learn to be proficient. Learn to be who you are truly supposed to be in whatever you're doing. You are a pastor, read books, study. You are a business person, read about your business. Make a difference. Hallelujah. Change the way the business used to be done. Let people see a brand new business, even in the same thing that you are doing, that others were supposed to be doing. Make it a brand new thing. Verse 44. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Here is the king giving instruction to say, Nobody, nobody will ever be above you except maybe me. Amen. But you know, scripture said, I am the father to who? To Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Because of what he knew, he was the father to the king. The king thought, yes, I am the king. But at the same time, he was subject to somebody dictates. 
And the man that was dictating the life of the king and the whole of the empire was his father, unknown to him. And Joseph realized that and he said, I'm a father to who? To Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zanatapaniah. And he gave him to wife Asenath. It's like Asenath, eh? The daughter of Potipharah, prince of all. And Joseph went over and went out all over the land of Egypt. Now, that name, uh, Zafatinia, actually means a revealer of secrets. Or the man to whom secrets are revealed. It's a priest or a prince. The man whose secrets are revealed. So what was that? Look at verse 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before king or the pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Praise God. Look at this. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before pharaoh. And I like that. So it's more by age. Hallelujah. Come on, are you here with me? But you see, he has developed himself in the grace God has given to him to interpret dreams. And that was all they required. That's what I'm saying. It's not because you are not educated. You have some spiritual gifts in your life that are dying and you don't know that these gifts are the ones that take you to the presence of the king. What was it that Joseph had? He was an interpreter of dreams, that's all. Do you understand what I'm saying? He developed himself in it. He knew what it is. He had the frequency in the spirit. He can align to when dreams come and interpret those dreams. Remember before he was sold down to Egypt, he had a dream twice. I mean, if you understand that. And the brethren referred to him, the dreamer is coming again. You are known by what you are good at. Even your relations knows by what you are good at. Praise the living God. Even if they don't confess it, it's out of petty jealousy. They know exactly who you are. This guy was a dreamer, and that's all that he had. He could interpret dreams. How many of you know you have some gift in your life which will be prophetic gift, which could be an intercessory gift, which would be just being honest in terms of doing good to people. How many of you, take time, read the book of Romans chapter 12, begin to see a catalog of gifts, the Bible says, those who show mercy, those who minister to people who I need. There are a lot of graces in the Bible. What are you good at? It's not about, it's not about, what are you good at? What have you really come to see? This is a deposit that God has in my life. Develop it. Practice it. Are you good at giving gift to people? Develop it. Stay there. Men may not even see it, but in the spirit you are recognized. And the appointed time, that gift you are exercising will shift you to a place you least expected. Are you there with me? Ordinary dream and interpretation of dream brought Joseph to the presence of the king. See at a man skillful in his business. Hallelujah. He shall not stand before me, amen. He shall stand before kings. Joseph was skillful in interpretation of dreams. That is all he needed in his life. Not a PhD in anything, but he had PhD in dream interpretation. Are you there with me? Just knowing what to do. Knowing your grace in life. You see, you don't forget this. You are here for a purpose. God sent you here with a purpose and with a reason. You are not just here for being here. Until you discover that, you'll be living in a wasteful period of time and life. You see, the very purpose that God has in your life is to enable you to help people who are in difficult things. 
And it doesn't have to be because you must be a rich person. No. It doesn't have to mean. I'm talking of skills. Skill doesn't mean you are wealthy. But knowing how to do something very unique and special that the person you are going to help doesn't have ability to do. You see, Pharaoh cannot interpret his own dream. He needs somebody to interpret his dream. How many of you understand, even in the land today that we are, God is still sending people dreams that they cannot understand and you need some of you to come and interpret those dreams to those people so that they cannot only have life, but then you'll be elevated. The day you interpret people's dreams to them that they have no understanding about, it takes you to another level of life unknown to you. Praise the living God. And the testimony... While I was in Port Harcourt, there was a man, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how, I can't remember. But last two weeks, he sent me a message. And he said, I just came to town, I started my business, and I've made this covenant with God that for every 50,000 that comes into the business, 10,000 belongs to your ministry. Instantly, he sent me 10,000. I was asking, where are you? He said, I'm in town. I said, okay. Maybe one day I'll come and check up your business, something like that. So, I just prayed, and that was it. While I was in Port Harcourt, I got an alert, 10,000 naira. I looked at it, it's a guy. I said, man, thank you so much. I prayed. He said, listen, you don't understand. Since I committed my business to your ministry, there is something strange that happened. When we started the business, rats will come here, infest the place, mess up the place, urine. Every time I come in, all manner of things are going on. I got so frustrated at a point I feel I don't know what to do. It's like I have to quit this place because rats were just bombarding the place. They will mess up the place, you renate, the will be spinking, it comes in the money, you clean up, and it's supposed to be a technological industry or firm. He said, But since I made that commitment to your ministry, this strange thing happened. All of those things cease. Rat doesn't come in here, they don't mess up my office anymore, the whole place smells fine now as compared to, and I did nothing. Praise the living God. You are sent to help people and in helping people, you're helping yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have not even met with this guy as I'm talking to you. But he sent me to text message while I was over there. That all of those things cease. The rats are no longer coming in here. He didn't spray any chemical. I made him to understand God is a component giving God. If you commit your business into God's hand, then you enter into a covenant with God. And God will also want to keep his whole part of the covenant by protecting your business. Do you get what I mean? Now, what is he getting from me? The messages and our discussions. Like I'm saying, I've not even met him one-on-one. But he just believe in my ministry. And that is the outcome of his belief. I want to repeat this. Every grace God has given to you is for somebody on the face of the earth. And if you can discover that as you're zealous to do what you're doing, you're also promoting yourself. You will find favor in the sight of men and even in the sight of God. Hallelujah. So Joseph got into limelight because he was a dreamer and interpreter of dream. Nothing. Nothing more. Some of you are just wasting your precious life because you are unable to discover the grace that God has given to you. And that grace can promote you, can get you to a place. Hallelujah. I told you how I got to start traveling the nations in 2005. You know the story. Amen. I'm studying my materials. I don't have time. I'm zealous, committed to what I'm doing. And then here was the invitation. And he said, come to Calabar for a meeting. At the stage, I said, I, I don't want to go or something like that. But in the night, I had a dream. I see myself speaking to a caliber person. And then the next morning, I hit the road. 
I went to Calabar. I was teaching. The main guest speaker, Robert Munion, was not available then. They said, I should start speaking until he comes. And I was sharing the word. I remember the Presbyterian church, one of the bishops was sitting there. By the time I was done with the message, he called me and he says, how old are you? And I told him. He said, you know what? You're speaking things that are above your age. He was a Presbyterian bishop. He was sitting right behind me while I was speaking. And the next thing, Dr. Robert saw me, called me outside, spoke to me, and that was the end of it. What happened? That year, I said, look, you're coming to speak in my conference. I buy your ticket, I give you a hotel, I give you an honorarium, period. I did not seek for invitation. But what I was good at opened the door. By the time I got there, his friend from Malaysia all came around. And the next thing, that's when he said, come to Singapore for a meeting. Come and speak. I went to the conference, spoke. The brother there said, you're coming to Malaysia to speak for me. That's all. Traveling the nations, God opened because I am committed to what I know I'm called to do. Develop yourself. In the grace that God has given to you, it will open the door that no man can open. You don't beg for doors to open, the doors will open at their own accord. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 12, verse number 6. My interpretation of dream brought Joseph to the place of a higher elevation. Now, this is Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. I thought he dealt with Solomon. I just need his advice. And look at what he says. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old man that stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived, and said, how do you advise that I may answer these people? Advice. Advice. <laughs> That's for people that have Wisdom enough to just advise you and you get solution to your problem. Some of you are just good advisors, but you don't even know what you are doing with your life. Advice. These old men that were standing before Solomon were not preachers. They were not priests. But they were simply what? Advisors. Develop yourself. Develop yourself. Find the grace that you carry and develop yourself. Just mere advisors. And that is why it's important for you to understand that there are some people that advise you. It's like God is talking to you. Pay attention to it. King Solomon, with all his wisdom, needed advisors. How much? How much? I mean, think about that. The Bible says he was the wisest king. Am I right? The means of being the wisest king, he needed advisor, old men that were standing before him to talk to him. So you are not indispensable when it comes to simple counseling. No matter what you think you have. Are you still there with me? No matter what you think you have, you are not indispensable. You are not into a place where nobody, I mean, can advise you. No. No. Solomon, with all his wisdom, he needed advisors. Men that were speaking, standing before him and telling Solomon, you can do this. Solomon, you can go this way. You are the king, yet but you can do this. Think about that. And Rehoboam recognized that and went to them. I know how you used to talk to my father. I know how you used to guide my father right. And the things you made my father to see, that is what he did. That's why he, who he finally became, in quote, or sustained his empire. Can you talk to me now? Remember, these old men were standing before a king. Now, they are now standing before another king. That means your grace will continue to sustain you in the place of prominence, no matter the time. I mean, I'm talking of simple advice. Are you there with me? Simple advice. If I yesterday, when I was studying on this, this thing just pop up along the line, see? Consider Rehoboam and the old man that stood before his father. 
I just went to the scripture and I picked it. Because I was just looking at what is it that you can develop outside of maybe being a businessman, outside of, you understand what I'm trying to say? There are some of you that have a lot of wisdom that you can give to people by simple counseling and they can come to the place God intended them to be. They are just like prayers. Praise the Lord. Are you still there? So take note of that. That when I say develop your skill, it's not always the workplace. It could be spiritual skill, dream ability, counseling, wisdom. Let's take another one. I hate of it. How many of you know that man? Second Samuel. <laughs> Praise God. Second Samuel 15. Verse 12. Please, I will need to advise you so strongly on this. That learn to take advice is so important because it's like God talking to you. You remember, I mentioned that I think the last time. God called Moses, practical, demonstrated, calling, burning bush. But guess what? When Moses started taking care of the people, he took his father in law. To advise him. And he told him, The way you are going, the people will die, and you say, You kill yourself. You better take company of people, 50, 100, 1,000, and appoint leaders so that the hardest issue will be the one that we brought to you so that you can live long. Hallelujah. And Moses took to the advice. I remember what he told him. You do this, God will be with you. You take my advice, God will be with you. Are you listening to that? Some of you need to really pay close attention to the advice that God gives to you through people. It delivers God to you. It brings you into a personal relationship with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Samuel 15, 12. And I... Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor. That's what I want you to pick. From his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. Now I want you to pick that. I'm not talking about the issue of the betrayer, but I want you to see how that Absalom recognized the counseling power that was in a heat of it. And again, like we said before, David was a king. A heat of it was standing before the king. Here is another king coming into place, Absalom. And here is a heat of it again doing what? Standing before him. He went to call him. Okay, let's read something. Second Samuel 16, verse 23. Let me show you here. Hallelujah. Second Samuel 16:23. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired the oracles of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. It's like, you know what me to consult oracle? How many of you have seen your Okay, Nollywood, you always see that. When they go to Shrine to consult Oracle. Are you getting what I'm saying? Right. Or the high priest with the Tumim and Kumim, they go to the most holy place and then light will flash, God has answered, and so on and so forth. When a heat of a cancels you, it's like you consult an Oracle. That's a human being. And this was an uncle to. Solomon's mother. I mean, if you remember Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. Is that okay? This one, I'm to Bathsheba. And so he discovered that if you look at Proverbs 31, everything the mother was speaking to Solomon, that was from the mother's hearts. She has so much wisdom, it was a family trait. 
Absalom was full of wisdom for counseling. Even so, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, there are certain things that are in your family that God has ordained. You ought to walk in those lights. It brings you to the place of prominence. So here was a hit of just giving counsel to people. To David and Absalom and it was like you consulted God. See, if you prayed and you're not getting answered, get somebody to counsel with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> if you spend time, you've been praying and you're not getting answered to your prayers, get somebody to counsel with you. Recognize somebody that I have what to deliver you from that problem. Most time, it's not prayer you need. It's just a word of counsel. Praise God, somebody. And it's important you listen if you make yourself available to someone to counsel with you. It's important you listen. Because it could be God. I remember Pastor Kinsley when he came with the wife first time and after the meeting the Lord shared some things with me could I shared with him say in the course of prayer I was talking to you this is what I got he looked at the wife and he laughed and he said I told you that as we are going to him just watch his lips anything he says it may not be prayers anything he says because I know him there are some words that come. They are simple cancers. They are more powerful and stronger than prayers. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So if you are opening up to somebody that you want to go and take cancer, pay attention and get the point right. God could be talking to me in whatever thing he says. If you follow the instruction, you will land yourself in a good place. For the counsel of Ahitophel was like as if it was the oracle of God. Amen? Amen? Praise God, somebody. Okay, look at First Chronicle 27, verse 33. So, when I say develop your skill, I'm not talking of something very extraordinary. These things you live by with them. You could be a good counselor. God could be depositing the wisdom into your life. You can help people out. And when people know that, yes, you have this grace, they will look for you. First Chronicles 27, 33. First Chronicles 27 and 3. I was wondering whether it was on there in your Bible or in your laptop. <laughs> and Ahithophel was the king's counselor. Amen. And Ushai the archite was the king's companion. Counselor. The person who was counsel in matter of the state of the king most prized and followed. And when you talk about companion, he said the person whom he trusted his secret to and with conversation was most pleasant and acceptable to him. Now I want you to take this as important. He has a counselor, he has a companion. There's a common saying, only your friend knows your secrets. Don't live your life without these two principles or persons in your life. There are people that speak to your life by way of counsel. There are people you open your secret to. And David was walking. How many of you understand this man? He was walking with these two personalities. A counselor and a companion. Who do you reveal your secret to? Whoever knows your secret. Do you have a friend who knows you deep down? Do you have a counselor? You, you can't just be sitting in that place or you are a king. That's not the end of it. Every king needs a counselor. Every king needs a companion. There is something you must, I mean, someone somewhere that you must open yourself up to. You are not an island of yourself. David was a king. But he needed a heat of it. And he needed what? The other man. His companion. To be with him. Hushai. Both of them were always there for him. Anytime his mind is bubbling on certain things, he called Hushai and said, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think about it? 
Anytime you feel like hearing something very specific, he said, I hit of it. What do you think about this? I need your counsel. Don't live your life without thinking that you are an island to yourself. No, you lose out. Praise the living God, somebody. Are you listening to me? So locate who you are. I am saying you have a grace that ordinarily you don't know about. I wish this message can awaken this, your talent, this, your grace, and bring it out for you to know and to begin to work with. I wish you can come to that realization that you are not just a misfit in society. I wish you can come to that position of knowing that you either be called as a counselor to somebody or there's a counselor that is called before you. I wish you can come to that place of knowing that you have the grace to interpret dreams to people. Most often people call me outside of this country and outside of this state. I had a dream. I have one of my friends in Lagos. I had a dream and I know you could be the only one that can give an answer to this. Two days ago, somebody called me. I've spoken to about four or five pastors, but I know you have the answer. It is the answer you give that I'm going to follow. In decision making, who is your Ahitophel? Who is your Hushai? Praise the living God. You see, what we, what we have turned ministry to or church to in Nigeria and in Africa is deliverance. We think everything is deliverance. You're just wasting your time. You're just wasting your time. Simple cancer can take you out of your problem. But we, oh, we must go for deliverance. Every little stupid thing we do, we must go for deliverance. Who told you that? Deliver from what? He has delivered us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And Luke chapter 7, we have to tell you, he came to preach deliverance to the captive. We preach deliverance. We don't conduct deliverance. I don't know if you have heard what I'm saying. He came to preach, you know, to the poor, deliverance to the captive. Acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he came to preach. We preach deliverance. We don't conduct deliverance. Because Colossians 1, 12, 13 tells you, you've been delivered from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we preach what has been delivered, what has been made available. We preach deliverance. What you need sometimes may be just simple counseling. But you want to go for deliverance. Demons are troubling you. Just wrong thinking. Nothing. Wrong thinking. For as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. What you need is counseling. What you need is somebody like a Hitler to talk to your life. What you need is somebody like Hushai to talk to your life. You don't need all of those things you call deliverance. Deliverance from what? What Christ did is not enough. I have a question to ask most often. They say deliver from the things of your fathers and all that. How many of you know, remember? Your great-grandfather is supposed to be Adam. So if Jesus' death delivered you from the power of the sins of Adam, how much less what your father did in serving an idol in ignorance? And we know that there are idols. I mean, there's one God. Men don't have that knowledge in them. Hallelujah. What am I saying? See the man diligent in his business. See the man skillful in his business. He shall not stand before me, amen. He shall stand before kings. What business do you have that can take you to the palace? It could be mere interpretation of dream. It could be simple counseling. It could be simple ability to help somebody in times of difficulty. Hallelujah. It could be making somebody's life happier. David was just playing music to make Saul happy. That could be all you need to be in the palace to make the king happy. Hallelujah! You don't need anything. All of those things you're struggling for is eyes out of the father. You are not where you are supposed to be. Praise the living God. Have I helped anybody this morning? You need to wake up. In seventh of men, you come to the place of honor. 
In self-development, you come to the place of glory. In self-development, you get closer to God. Because on a daily basis, you're nourishing the grace that God has given to you. Those of you who cook food, you have a hotel, whatever, make sure your food hmm, comes up better and better every day. Hallelujah. Come on. You got to do that. Otherwise, people can come to your shop today. Tomorrow, they don't come again because the way you prepare the, the beans was not as good as the one the other person is preparing. Don't tell me one devil is taking your customers away. The devil is your pot. It's not right. When a man tastes the food and sees that it's a different, he's going to go to the place where the difference is. Don't go for deliverance. Go and learn how to cook and get by your customers. Are you following what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. This mindset of deliverance all the time is an issue that we need to resolve in the church of Africa. What we don't know how to do and people are going away from us, we end up saying, one devil is after us. No devil is after you. Praise the living God. See, let me say this and I close. My father was a pitan farmer and then a canoe cover. In my community then, if people are prizing to get canoe, they come to my father. Because if you put the canoe of my father with another man's own, his own the excellence, the preparation is completely different from the other man's song. You will want this one as compared to this other one. So people come to him to book the size of canoe they want and so on and so forth. See a man diligent in his business. He stands stand before great men. Hallelujah. Know what to do and do it well. Remember you are in competition at all times with other people because you are in the same trade. Understand that. But your excellence in what you do will shoot you out as compared to other people. Can you please stand up? Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org. God bless you.